0: This week, we're talking job descriptions. With the labor market so competitive right now, making sure your job descriptions are attracting enough applicants and the right applicants is really important. Most employers get this wrong, so it can be easy to stand out and I'll show you how. I'm your host, Ryan McCausland, and it's my job to help you understand and demystify human resources stuff facing small and medium-sized employers. And I know about this stuff because I happen to be an HR party of one. My employer, Bernie Portal, is bringing you this show based on our experience serving thousands of employers and their HR parties of one, or sometimes two or three, through our all-in-one HRIS, Bernie Portal. I've had a first-row seat observing HR parties of one in action, and I've studied this deeply to tease out what works. Welcome. Welcome to HR Party of One. Before we dive in to what makes a great and terrible job description, we did just a little research into the history of job postings. The background of job postings is a little hard to pin down exactly, but one name that pops up is a guy we've talked about on HR Party of One before, a member of our HR Hall of Fame, Frederick Taylor. If you didn't catch the first episode where we talked about him and the history of HR, you can check that out in the description. But to recap quickly, he's considered the father of scientific management and he identified ways that organizations, particularly production-oriented manufacturing organizations, could operate more efficiently by using the scientific method. One way he did this was outlined in his 1900 book, Shop Management, which made the case for better managing employees. Job descriptions happen to be the book's first recommendation around matching workers to tasks they're best suited for. This isn't a mind-blowing insight for today's HR pro or hiring manager. But this is where that practice became a standard part of the way businesses and their staff were organized. In the early 20th century, job descriptions became a thing, but generally, they weren't any good. People didn't put a ton of thought into job descriptions. Primarily, they were advertised in the newspaper, and so there were space constraints. They often briefly described the nature of the work, and when it came to comp, they usually described it as, quote, competitive pay and benefits. Help wanted ads became more sophisticated as advertising and graphic design became a thing, Then, the big game-changer was the advent of online job boards in the mid-'90s, so Monster, CareerBuilder, and the earliest version of Craigslist. By the 2000s, this was really the standard practice for advertising a job. Monster bought Jobs.com in 2002, LinkedIn was launched in 2003, and Indeed was launched in 2004. By the way, the guy who founded Monster.com is Jeff Taylor, and I saw Jeff speak at a Harvard Business School conference once. He, he said that when he told his wife he was creating an online job board and calling it monster.com, she called him an idiot. Despite the name, it worked out. When job descriptions went online, they were no longer limited by space. Hiring managers and HR teams could post as much about the job and the many requirements as they liked. But unlimited space doesn't necessarily lead to a better job post. Uh, the French mathematician uh, Blaise Pascal I don't know if I got the pronunciation right, forgive me but once quipped. I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. So before we jump into writing these descriptions in a way that helps you accomplish your hiring goals, it's time for one of my favorite HR Party of One segments. Whose job is it anyway? Who in your team should be responsible for writing job posts or hiring more broadly? Opinions vary on who should do the hiring organizations. And that includes things like job descriptions, managing the online postings, and even conducting interviews. Our position is that the hiring manager should do the hiring and the writing of job posts, not HR. There are trade-offs here, and the hiring manager will always say they don't have enough time to do these things. Always. But if HR or someone else does the hiring or writes the job posts, the manager will always be able to complain about the quality of candidates and ultimately the quality of her team. The hiring manager needs to build out the work description and required skills to attract the specific candidates he or she wants and HR can't guess at what they're looking for. That said, HR will still play an important role in coaching hiring managers on best practices, as well as ensuring quality assurance and setting standards around job descriptions and types of hires. As an HR party of one, you can really stand out and elevate your organization's hiring processes by taking responsibility for standardizing the job descriptions posted by your team. The hiring manager will still be responsible for writing them and for building her team but the HR party one can make a huge impact in making them better. Now, what are the cornerstones of a good job post? The first thing to identify is the specific goal associated with filling the position. Obviously, the goal is to find the right person for the job. But ask yourself, are you trying to fill a position for which you struggle to find applicants? Or are you getting plenty of applicants, but struggling to find someone with the required skills? These will shape how you approach the job description In the current competitive job market, many organizations are struggling with getting enough candidates in the pipeline, so that might be your starting point. And you may want to build your job descriptions to accomplish a bigger hiring funnel than you're used to. That said, one way to think about this is to sit down to write these as if you're trying to sell the position to the best person for the job, the ideal candidate. You can think of the marketing concept of a buyer's persona. This is a fictionalized representation of your ideal customer. Marketing teams build these to better market their products by researching customer demographics, behaviors, motivations, and goals. And you can create a similar higher persona that illustrates the person you're looking for and what they're looking for in turn. Starting at the top with the job title, you want this to be really clear and simple. Please avoid disingenuous or quirky titles like rockstar engineer or marketing ninja. At one time, these may have made your job stand out, but they're overplayed. In 2020, can anyone really call themselves a ninja or a guru with a straight face? Similarly, applicants aren't searching for those terms, which is why you also want to avoid company-specific terminology in your job title. For example, we call our HR team organization success, but HR pros aren't searching for that phrase, and they wouldn't find us if that's how we titled position. You can use these terms in the actual job description, but don't include them in your title. Next, you need to outline what the position does or what the responsibilities will be. Cut the buzzwords and use bullet points. The shorter and easier to understand, the better it is. Applicants are scanning for openings on their smartphones and they're not going to read through big blocks of text. Try to describe the position's responsibilities at a high level and avoid the minutia of their daily grind. Instead, focus on key job functions. Now, let's switch gears to what you're looking for, the requirements section. Again, if you're looking to get more candidates to apply for the job, you'll want to approach this differently than if you're trying to weed out unqualified candidates. To get more candidates in the pipeline, avoid unrealistic or arduous requirements here. Don't say you want five years of experience when one will do. Or don't stuff your listing with a lot of nice-to-haves that won't actually make or break an applicant's chances with your team. Why? Well, a lot of candidates will self-select themselves out if they don't feel as though they meet enough of your requirements. And you might miss an awesome candidate who would be a great fit for your team because they feel like they aren't who you're looking for. Of course, definitely include important or non-negotiable requirements, especially required certifications. If you need someone really specific, be sure to outline that which will keep you from drowning in unqualified applications. However, in this section, you also have to be careful that your requirements aren't accidentally discriminatory. For example, while you may have experience or degree requirements, you can't have age-based requirements or language that suggests you do. You would also want to be careful that your language doesn't explicitly or implicitly suggest you're hiring based on gender or nationality. In fact, don't forget equal opportunity language in your job posts. Here's the U.S. federal government's non-discrimination clause, and it's pretty encompassing. The United States government does not discriminate in employment on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, including pregnancy and gender identity, national origin, political affiliation, sexual orientation, marital status, disability, genetic information, age, membership in an employee's organization, retaliation, parental status, military service, or other non-merit factors. Also in this section, don't focus exclusively on what you want out of a candidate. Be sure to outline what they'll get from joining your team. Are you focused on professional development? Is your culture awesome? Do you provide better benefits than most shops in town? Tell them. Applicants have more leverage in the hiring process than ever before. If there's a benefit to joining your team, don't hide this until after you make an offer. Play it up. Another thing to include is the target compensation range. Many organizations don't do this, but it's a great way to ensure neither the company nor the applicant are wasting their time for a position that doesn't meet their salary needs. Further, when it comes to target comps and experience, make the ranges small. For one, if you have a big salary range, candidates will come in at the top, expecting the top. Second, wide ranges indicate to candidates that you don't really know exactly what you want out of this role. Do you have five years or 15 years of experience? Now, let's say you're trying to hire for a particularly hard to fill position. Every organization has these, positions that are hard to hire for and may experience higher rates of turnover than other parts of the business. Getting people in those seats can require a lot of time and energy from hiring managers. One way to approach these roles is through radical transparency. Be honest with applicants. Tell them they won't be in the role forever, and tell them why. Do team members generally move into a new position within a year? Do new hires burn out quickly and move on? Whether it's a job that's hard to hire for or not, make sure the job description is detailed. Here's a real example. I'm hiring an office administrator right now. You can see it online. Here's the job description. In this role, you'll support the entire organization by performing back office operations that keep us going and growing. Responsibilities include managing accounts receivable, making sure we get paid, running payroll, onboarding new employees, and setting up their IMAX, event planning, like coordinating monthly lunches and internal training conferences. You'll also play a critical role in supporting our TPA business by creating and uploading financials to banks, processing payments to businesses and individuals, and entering COBRA payments in our COBRA management software tool. This is an excellent opportunity for anyone who loves solving puzzles and is interested in learning, and the right person will likely have some experience performing some of the tasks described above. You can also see the qualifications we list, things like bachelor's degree preferred, exceptional organizational skills and attention to detail, comfortable with numbers and spreadsheets, one or more years of office admin experience, strong verbal and written communication skills, strong record of being a self-starter, willingness to help in any way, including owning straightforward but important tasks like ordering office supplies, Ability to positively contribute to a mutually respectful work environment. And persistence in taking difficult tasks to completion. And finally, here's how we describe compensation and benefits. Target compensation of 45000 to 50000 annually. Full health and ancillary benefits, including HSA and Dependent Care, FSA. Employer paid live short-term, long-term disability insurance. 401k with 3% employer contribution. This is all good stuff that people want to know on the front end. Another great example comes from the great explorer Ernest Shackleton's call for Antarctic explorers. And as the story goes, Shackleton took out an ad in the newspaper that read, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. Allegedly, Shackleton got a ton of responses to that listing, and your open position hopefully doesn't include risk of death but it just goes to show that being honest about what you need and what the candidate will get out of it can go a long way. Thanks for tuning in to HR Party of One. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and tune in next week as we tackle our next HR topic. And if you have a request for a topic, email us at One at bernardhealth.com. That's O N E at bernardhealth.com. For more on how you can streamline your HR operations, go to bernieportal.com. I'm Ryan McCoslin, and thanks for making this HR Party of One a little less lonely. Until next time, be kind, be smart, and be compliant.